0: check one two is this on yeah okay now let's see I need to push this button over here I think golly it's been a long time let's see how's this work oh there it is (laughs) hey what's up oh yes rested (laughs) rested rested and refreshed (laughs) maybe Hello, <laughs> hi, uh, this is Steve. This is the Life Spring Show, and uh, it's episode number 158. So good to have you here. So good to be here. Yeah, I've taken some time off. I think it might have been well-deserved. I did, uh, oh golly, almost 500 shows in 2007. And so I needed a little bit of a break, but I've been anxious to get back to you. And so, I'm back. Happy New Year. Hope your Christmas was good. Hope you had a safe and happy New Year. And um, I pray that uh, 2008 will be your best year ever. Today, we got a really packed show. Some good stuff, I think. I've got uh, some promos to play from some friends. I got a message from a just a listener that when you hear it, you'll see why I say that it just made my month. It was wonderful. At the end of the show, we're going to talk about uh, what has gone on in my life for the past couple of weeks. But uh, before we even get going and talking about a lot about the content, um, I want to play a song for you. Um, I I will tell you, though, that we're going to do an Ask Steve today. So we're going to do that as well. But uh, I was so excited When I saw that this song was available over at um, Iota PromoNet, Uh, I think you'll find out why. Um, If you're at all into um, Christian music, I think you'll know this song. And again, I was just really excited when I heard this. So uh, here we go. Let me uh, get the right mouse here and turn this down and I will play this song. Enjoy.
1: calm the sea We call out through the rain Calm the storm in me Not because of who I am But because of what you've done Not because of what I've done But because of who you are I am a flower quickly fading Here today of what I've done but because of her
0: It's obviously not mercy me. That's a group called Big Stuff. Uh, But who who am I? I love the message. And yeah, when you think about it, who who are we that God would pay any attention to us, other than His children? He loves us. God is love, and what a better (laughs) what a better song to kind of just highlight His goodness and His grace. So what's happening today is this. We're going to do an Ask Steve. And I got to say, it it feels so good to be back behind the mic here and uh, talking to my good family, Lifespring family here. This uh, email came to me, oh, I think it was actually the Sunday before Christmas. Um, I was at church and I always have the email open. I'm, I'm the tech guy. I'm the guy in the back of the the sanctuary that, that runs all the video and sometimes I do the audio and um, I've got uh, lots of things going on back there but uh, Gmail is always open and uh, I, I got this this email and uh, in this is this was the most unusual name I've ever seen and I did some research on the name and it, it, it seems to be an African name and uh, I think it's its origins are actually um, let's see what part of I forgot now what part of Africa it was but uh, this person's name is um, I know I won't say it right, but we'll try. We'll give it the old college try anyway. Asa uh let's see, Eni Hazena? Anyway, <laughs> I'm just going to call it Osa. Okay, so Osa writes, Hello, Steve, how is the Lifespring family? I know all as well. Here are a few questions that bother me. Why does the four gospel have four, or I'm sorry, I'm going to read it as it's written. Um, And I'm thinking that English may not be this person's first language, but uh, that's okay. Why does the four gospel have different account of his Jesus ministry, uh, like about his life, arrest and persecution? The scriptures certainly cannot contradict itself. Uh, Number two, the Bible, of course, does not teach reincarnation, uh, as it says in Hebrews 9.29. Can you please explain these scriptures? Malachi 4, 4, verse 5 and 6 and Matthew 11, verses 10 through 14 was John the Baptist, Elijah. And then lastly, what is the difference between the Holy Spirit and the nine gifts of the spirits? Are the nine gifts embodiment of the Holy Spirit? If a person has the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, does it mean that uh, that person also has the nine gifts of the spirit of First Corinthians 12, 7 through 13? All right. So uh, let's see where to begin. I guess I'll start with the first question. And uh, these are all great questions, fantastic questions. And if you... Um, if you have any kind of questions like this um feel free to write me and we'll see what we can do with them and I hopefully I can explain some of this to you in a way that makes sense today. So well the first one says uh why does the four gospel have different accounts of Jesus ministry about his life, arrest and persecution? The scriptures certainly cannot contradict itself. Uh contradict itself. And that's absolutely true. The, the scripture if you take everything in context, the scripture does not contradict itself. Um this is a statement by a Dr. Dorothy Sayers, and and she says it very well. She says, it's interesting to note that the seeming contradictions in the four gospels attest to the fact that there was um, no corroboration between the writers. Okay. Think about that. Think of it this way. When a teacher is grading composition tests, he or she has legitimate grounds to suspect students of cheating if their compositions contain identical contact, right? Okay. If you're writing an essay, and you all turn in basically the same essay. You gotta wonder, golly, you know, somebody cheated here, right? If you have identical content, it's reasonable to expect differences between writers. Eyewitness accounts vary widely in detail, even when witness statements are taken very soon after an event. We all see things—we all see things through our own filters, right? It's like if you take, um, let's say, three blind men. Some of you may have heard this example before. You take three blind men and you stand them at the back of an elephant, in the middle or to the side of the elephant, and up by his head. The guy at the back of the elephant is going to grab the tail, let's say. And he's going to describe an elephant as being like a rope, right? Because that's what an elephant's tail is like. It's like a rope. The guy that's standing on the side of the elephant is going to put his hand up there on the side of the elephant and he's going to say, no, an elephant is like a wall. It's this great big, massive thing. I run my hand across and it's like a wall, a, a, a rough, uh, sometimes hairy wall. Elephants have little hairs on them. I don't, don't know if you knew that. The guy up by the elephant's head might reach up and, and grab the ear and say, no, an elephant is like a canvas, like a, like a sheet of canvas. So, it sounds as if they're contradicting each other, but no, they're, they're giving you their perspective. and It's the same thing with the Gospels. They don't contradict. They are looking at sometimes the same events and relating what they thought was important about the event that they're reporting on. Also consider that each Gospel was written for a different audience. One of the Gospels is written primarily to Jews. One of the Gospels is written to Gentiles, etc. Okay. Back to Dorothy Sayers. Um, She says, One is often surprised to find how many apparent contradictions in the Gospel resurrection accounts turn out not to be contradictory at all, but merely supplementary. Divergences appear very great on first sight. But the fact remains that all of the resurrection accounts, without exception, can be made to fall into... Uh, into a place in a single, orderly, and coherent narrative without the smallest contradiction or difficulty and without any suppression, invention, or manipulation beyond a trifling effort to imagine the natural behavior of a bunch of startled people running about in, in the dawn light between Jerusalem and the garden. So if you uh, take some specifics, and there are many specifics that you you know want some uh, explanation on, uh, I found a really good website, and I will put a link on the show notes page, but it's uh, a link to 101 contradictions that are explained. As an example, uh, one of the gospels says that Jesus rode into town on that passion Friday on a donkey. One of the gospels talks about he wrote in on, it sounds like it, it says he wrote in on two donkeys. One of the gospels says that Jesus sent his disciples to get the donkey Another one says that Jesus got the donkey himself. Sounds like horrible contradictions, right? How can they all be true? Well, I tell you what, I'm gonna I'm gonna send you on your own homework assignment. So what I'm gonna do is just say go to our show notes page at LifespringPod or LifespringMedia dot com. still works, but uh, LifespringMedia dot com and uh, find the link for 101 Contradictions Explained. And uh, the reason I'm doing that is because as you look at the other contradictions, you'll say, oh yeah, okay, that makes sense. There's also another one that I'll put up there called the Gospels Chart, and it talks about, in this chart, the different audiences that are intended for the Gospels. And so, again, uh, if your message is primarily to one group of people, you're going to highlight one particular set of circumstances, where if your group is, or your audience is something else, you'll use something else as the emphasis. So really, there is no contradiction. But it's good that you're asking the questions. That's good. All right. Um, the other question that uh, that uh, Osa had was, uh, the Bible, of course, does not teach reincarnation. That's true. Check out Hebrews 9.29. You can look that up. And then he says, Can you please explain the scriptures in Malachi 4 and, and Matthew 10? Was John the Baptist Elijah? Well, <laughs> let me mess with your head a little bit. Yes, he was Elijah. In Matthew 11, it says, For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. And if you care to accept it, he himself is Elijah who was to come. And that's referring to the one who was going to bring the the message saying, get ready, the Messiah is on the way. So that says, yes, it is. (laughs) Elijah was, uh, or John was Elijah. But wait, (laughs) no, he was not Elijah. In John chapter 1, verses 19 and 21, it says, And this is the witness of John, when the Jews sent to him priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? And he confessed and did not deny. And he confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, what then? Are you Elijah? And he said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, no. Listen, the teaching of reincarnation is against the Old Testament. Therefore, Jesus was not teaching that John the Baptist was Elijah reincarnated. So what did Jesus mean when he said that John the Baptist was Elijah in Matthew? In Malachi 4, verse 5, We see this prophecy. Behold, I'm going to send you Elijah, the prophet, before the coming of the great and terrible day of the Lord. Jesus is referring in Matthew to that prophecy concerning Elijah. We see that the coming of Elijah was in the spirit of Elijah, and that says that in Luke chapter 1, verses 13 through 17. The context there is when Zacharias, John's father-to-be, was performing his priestly duties in the temple. In Luke chapter 1, verse 8, an angel of the Lord appeared to Zacharias, and he said, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your petition has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will give him the name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. And he will drink no wine or liquor, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit while yet in his mother's womb. And he will turn back many of the sons of Israel to the Lord their God. And it is he who will go as a forerunner before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers back to their children and the disobedient to the attitude of the righteous so as to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. So we see there that John the Baptist was in the spirit of Elijah, but not actually Elijah reincarnated. Does that answer it for you? I hope so. All right, so the third question was regarding the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this answer. Well, I'll spend a fair amount of time, but I'm not going to go entirely into who the Holy Spirit is because they did an entire show about the Holy Spirit on LifeSpring episode number 125. Um, I'll have a link in the show notes to that episode to state also this question again. What's the difference between the Holy Spirit and the nine gifts of the spirits? Are the nine gifts the embodiment of the Holy Spirit? And if a person has the Spirit of God, does it mean that the person also has the nine gifts of the Spirit? All right, so that's really three questions. Let's take them one at a time. Number one, what is the difference between the Holy Spirit and the nine gifts of the Spirit? All right, according to Scripture, the Holy Spirit is God. Again, without getting all into the whole conversation about the Trinity, but God is a Trinity. He's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. There's evidence for that in the Bible, in the New Testament, even in the Old Testament. The evidence is there. The word Trinity is not used, but neither is the word rapture. But we know that the rapture is going to happen, and we know that God when we take uh, scripture in complete context, we know that God is a triune being, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Again, listen to LifeSpring 125. So we're just going to take that as, as a fact. The Holy Spirit is God. So if he is God, then the gifts of the Spirit are just that, gifts that he bestows. Specifically, um, our listener, Osa, uh, refers to First Corinthians chapter 12 verses seven through 13. It's important though, to look at the context. So we're going to read the entire chapter. It's a short chapter, but as always, when we're looking at Scripture, uh, you, you can't take a sentence or two or two or three verses. You need to look at the, at the context, what's happening. So let's read 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It says, Oh, by the way, Paul here is talking to the church at Corinth. And what was happening was um, some of the, the, the members of the church there were arguing about which of the, the gifts was better. I've got this gift. I've got that gift. I'm better than you are type thing. My gift is better than your gift. All right. So Paul says, with regard to the spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were often led astray by speechless idols. However, you were led. So I want you to understand that no one speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus is cursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. Now, there are different gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are different ministries, but the same Lord. And there are different results, but the same God who produces all of them in every one. To each person, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the benefit of all. For one person is given through the Spirit, the message of wisdom, and another, the message of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another, faith by the same Spirit, and to another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another, performance of miracles, to another, prophecy, and to another, discernment of spirits, to another, different kinds of tongues, and to another, the interpretation of tongues. If you were counting, that's nine. Continuing here with Paul. It is one and the same Spirit, distributing as he decides to each person who produces all these things. For just as the body is one, and yet has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so too is Christ. For in one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks or slaves or free, we were all made to drink of the one Spirit. For in fact, the body is not a single member, but many. If the foot says, Since I am not a hand, I am not part of the body, it does not lose its membership in the body because of that. And if the ear says, Since I am not an eye, I am not part of the body, it does not lose its membership in the body because of that. If the whole body were an eye, what part would do the hearing? If the whole were an ear, what part would exercise the sense of smell? But as a matter of fact, God has placed each of the members in the body just as He decided. If they were all the same member, where would the body be? So now there are many members, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I do not need you, nor in turn can the head say to the foot, I do not need you. On the contrary, those members that seem to be weaker are essential, and those members we consider less honorable we clothe with greater honor, and our unpresentable members are clothed with dignity. But our presentable members do not need this. Instead, God has blended together the body, Giving greater honor to the lesser member, so that there may be no division in the body, but the members may have mutual concern for one another. If one member suffers, everyone suffers with it. If a member is honored, all rejoice with it. Now you are Christ's body, and each of you is a member of it. And God has placed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, gifts of healing, helps, gifts of leadership, different kinds of tongues. Not all are apostles, are they? Not all are prophets, are they? Not all are teachers, are they? Not all perform miracles, do they? Not all have gifts of healing, do they? Not all speak in tongues, do they? Not all interpret, do they? But you should be eager for the greater gifts. All right, that was a lot lot to read, but um, the context is important. So we see here that there are indeed nine gifts mentioned, but each gift is given according to what the Holy Spirit wants to give for the benefit of the church the other believers. The gifts are given to believers in order to help build up other believers. Let's say you were a medical student, okay, and you're a close friend of mine, and I give you a gift. Let's say you're studying to be a doctor in a third world country that has a shortage of doctors. You want to go there to help the people there. If I paid a portion of your tuition, that would be a gift. You wouldn't say, however, that the gift was Steve Webb. You would say that the gift was from Steve Webb. Same with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now, the second part of the question from our listener is, are the nine gifts the embodiment of the Holy Spirit? Well, not at all. No more than my gift of tuition to you would be an embodiment of me. The gift shows that there is a relationship between you and me, but the gift is not me. Same with the gifts of the Spirit. They're given to believers in Jesus. When one begins a relationship with him, the Holy Spirit comes to live in the believer. It is then that the Holy Spirit can give gifts to the believer. Now, there are other evidence that he is in you as well. Um, Some are called the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5 lists some of those. Listen. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Does that happen all at once? Not usually. It can, but not usually. Sometimes it's something that we mature into. With the gifts of the Spirit mentioned in 1 um, in the Corinthians there that we read, uh, some of those gifts can be given right away. Some of those gifts aren't ever given to a specific person. Some people receive uh, different gifts at different times. It's up to the Holy Spirit, as Paul said. But these are things that the Holy Spirit gives. Um, they are not the Holy Spirit. They are evidences of the relationship between the Holy Spirit and the believer, but they aren't the Holy Spirit. The last part of the question was this, if a person has the Spirit of God, does it mean that the person also has the nine gifts of the Spirit? And I think I just answered that. Uh, Paul answered that when he said, for one person is given through the Holy Spirit, the message of wisdom and another message of knowledge, etc., etc., etc. Then he goes on to say, it is one and the same Spirit, distributing as he decides to each person. So, taking all this in context... No, the gifts are not the Holy Spirit. They are not the embodiment of the Holy Spirit. They're like a, uh, an evidence of the relationship between God and the believer. Uh, he gives them for the benefit of others. Those gifts that are, that are mentioned in 1 uh, Corinthians, they are given for the benefit of others to, to help build them up. It's like uh, if I have the gift of, uh, uh, maybe the gift of teaching, I'm doing this for your benefit. So that's how the Holy Spirit works. Elsa, thank you. And I'm sorry I can't pronounce your name well, but thank you so much for the questions. I'm always open to your questions. I love to answer them for you. As I said at the beginning, if you have a question that's been on your mind, send it to me at steve.lifespring at gmail.com. Better yet, call the toll-free listener comment line at 877-433-9091.
1: shall bow. Every tongue confess, every tongue confess. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: We gotta raise him up, I love
0: Yes, That's a chaise with uh, every nation. And I like that. That's a little bit of reggae. Okay. So, well, uh, what's been going on in the life of Steve? Well, we haven't really talked since uh, before Christmas. So let me just give you, um, you know, what's been going on. Uh, we'll do a 35,000 foot view here. As always, we went to my mother-in-law's house on Christmas Eve and we had about 30 family members there. Leanne comes from a big family. Um, This was our first year without her dad, and uh, that was tough. It was uh, his job to uh, distribute the gifts every year. Uh, Leanne's oldest brother was appointed to take over the job, and uh, we took a few minutes to remember Rip, my father-in-law, and uh, we gave thanks that he was celebrating his very first Christmas in the presence of the Lord. So that was good, Um, but it was bittersweet. But uh, we do know that he is in the presence of the Lord, and so, you know... (laughs) I, I I don't know if you guys are getting tired of, of me talking about Rip, and uh, as we get further away from uh, his passing, you know, talk about him less. But he was a he was a man of God, and uh, and we loved him, and we miss him, and uh, so there you go. Uh, Christmas morning was the lovely lady Leanne and our boys at our house, and then we went over to my parents' house to spend the rest of the day with them and my sister and her husband and their kids, and we had a nice time there. Um, as you know, my uh, my parents are getting old is uh, slipping further and further into uh, Alzheimer's dementia her personality has changed almost 180 degrees from the person she used to be uh, she used to be a uh, gourmet cook but now uh, she because she has no I mean no uh, short-term memory she can't follow a recipe so her cooking is uh, is not any good anymore and she used to be uh, just very very sweet and now she's uh, pretty contrary uh, but <laughs> On the on the other side of the coin, my dad, who uh, was uh, for ninety nine point nine 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 percent of his life um, very anti God, anti religion, he got uh, he got saved just uh, uh, he got saved actually the same night that Rip passed away, and uh, we definitely do see the fruit of the Spirit in him. <laughs> it's wonderful. He used to be the contrary one, and he had a foul mouth, and uh, on and on, but. Uh, now even though he's 80 years old and his health is not good at all uh, he's uh he's become a real sweetheart so uh you know it's it, it's kind of funny uh, it, you have to look think of it as funny otherwise you'd cry about it right so but we had a good time and it was good to see my sister and my brother-in-law and, and their kids so now jumping ahead on New Year's Eve which was also our wedding anniversary the lovely lady Leanna. Uh, we had about 35 people at our house. Leanne put together a Bunko game. You know what that is? Uh, Bunko is like a, a dice game, but it's not like craps or something like that. It's just a parlor game. And uh, you put together teams, and uh, you, you roll dice, and it, it's fun. You can look that up online if you like. Uh, there's, a, I think, a, a, an article on Wikipedia about Bunko. It's fun. It, it sounds kind of dorky when you first hear about it. The first time I was invited to play, I'm going, ah, I don't want to do that. But um, it's a lot of fun. So anyway, we had family and friends including uh, Carmen Tyler and her mom and dad, who are visiting from Texarkana. I've already told you that uh, Carmen's mom is great, and now that I've met her dad, I can say the same about him. Uh, <laughs> her dad is just the nicest guy. Uh, just just a great guy. Uh, very nice. Um, all three of the Tylers played in uh, in the Bunko game. Some of the guys that came over, uh, like some of the, the nephews, uh, they didn't want to play, but uh, that's okay. Uh, one of them, my uh, niece's husband, uh, Andy played a bunch of YouTube videos uh, using uh, our, our Wii that we have hooked up to our big TV downstairs, and everybody was, uh, not those that weren't playing Bunko were sitting around watching all the funny YouTube videos, and so that was fun. Um, everybody had something fun to do. And then, of course, at about uh, two minutes to 12, we turned on Dick Clark's show so that we could watch the ball drop in Times Square. And... We had sparkling cider for everybody, and we had noisemakers, and (laughs) so we brought in the new year with all the appropriate celebration. Scared my dog to death. Um, (laughs) I didn't really realize what was going on, but, you know, Leanne bought a bunch of those little poppers, you know, you pull the string all the the confetti comes out. Well, my dog, he's he's a big chicken. He's a little uh, Shih Tzu, and all that popping scared him to death. He, (laughs) He went and hid in the garage. I noticed about a half an hour later that, that Sparky was nowhere to be found. I'm thinking, oh, gee, some of the people have left the house, and he must have made his way out the front door when somebody opened the door. But uh, no, he he was hiding in a little, little dark corner of the garage. So I had to hold him and comfort him and, uh, you know, be a good daddy for my puppy dog. And then the next day, I've always loved to watch the Rose Bowl game, and I'm a big USC fan, so I was, of course, really pleased with the game this year. Uh, It would have been nice if Illinois had uh, been able to make more of a contest out of the the game, but still it was fun to watch. Um, I also watched the Michigan Florida game. Um, That was a good contest. Uh, My oldest son Matt came over to watch the games with us, so that was great. Uh, We had all three boys, and me, and mom. Actually, Leanne is more of a sports fan than I am, so guys, uh, how blessed am I? It's very, very cool. After all, Leanne was brought up in a home with uh, five kids. And uh, her dad uh, was uh, just a real sports fanatic. And uh, the two brothers were, you know, just followed right along in, in dad's footsteps. So the, the games were always on in their house. and Leanne uh, learned all about sports. So it's, it's fun to be married to her. So what's ahead for the Lifespring family of shows? Well, 2008 is going to be very different. Uh, last year, the Lifespring family um, Bible obviously took the major emphasis As you know, I I read through the entire Bible in one year. Every day I put up an average of 88 verses. That doesn't sound like a lot. Well, it sounds like a lot, and it's actually (laughs) more than it sounds like. Um, This year, after taking a look at at my family needs and other factors, you can expect to see more emphasis on the existing Lifespring shows. Uh, In Touch with God's Character, Lifespring Hymn Stories, Lifespring Weekend Music Show, This show, of course, um, I know that I said I would be doing a show on the End Times, uh, I think the last show that we did here at Lifespring last year. But I think I've decided to put that one on the back burner for now. Here's why. In 2007, there were 494 episodes produced in the entire Lifespring family. That figure represents a tremendous amount of time. Time sacrificed by my business, my kids, and my wife. Mostly my wife. I don't think that it's fair to ask them to continue to make that sacrifice. Leanne took on running our business by herself three days a week, with me contributing only two days a week, so that I could complete the Bible project. And she didn't complain, because she believed in it. And she's an incredibly supportive wife. But I don't think that it's fair to ask her to continue to make that kind of a sacrifice. It would be a different story if the shows were contributing to the family income, but they're not. If I factored in all the hours spent writing shows finding the right music, recording, which is by far the smallest part of the process. The recording is really very small. And then editing. My hourly income would be roughly equal to that of a third world trainee (laughs) intern. Now, don't misunderstand. I I love what I'm doing. And the reason that I'm doing this is not primarily for the monetary rewards. My primary motivation is to encourage you in your walk with God, to proclaim him, a lost and dying world. But, since I am a a husband and a father, I have a responsibility to them to provide for their physical, mental, and emotional needs. Balance is the word that comes to mind. I have to balance my very finite time and energy. So the bottom line is that you should see a more regular schedule for the existing shows in the Lifespring family, but no new shows. Now, I'll be tweaking some of the shows. Um, I just got done producing a video for Leanne's show, uh, Your Wedding Your Way, which is one of the shows that really took a hit last year. And uh, the video is um, is up, and you can take a look at it if you haven't already seen it. I put it into the all-shows feed, so if you're a subscriber to the all-shows feed, you, you most likely got it and you saw that. I won't be doing a lot of videos this year, but I w- will be doing more. But there will not be any new shows unless I, I get a, a real... Um, telegram from God. And, and he's good at that. When he wants me to do something, he, ha- he has a way of making it very clear that he wants me to do that. Um, I know that I said that I really felt that it was God calling me to do the uh, the prophecy show or the, the end time show. But um, in spending more time in prayer and in listening to my lovely wife, um, that one is on the back burner. It's not dead, but um, don't be looking for it anytime soon. If you have comments on what I just said or on this show, if you have questions, uh, if you have an offer to underwrite the shows, which would mean that I could spend more time, that would be great. Um, I'm, not, I'm not soliciting that, but if you want to offer if you want to offer to underwrite the shows, that would be great. Write to me at steve.lifespring at gmail.com or call the toll-free comment line, like I said, at 877-433-9091. Now, I got some comments and I've got some promos that I'd like to play for you. Um, The first one is, uh, let's see, Let's, let's play this one for you. Hi, Steve. This is Brad Rhodes with Mission Aviation Fellowship. You interviewed me on episode 147, Up, Up, and Away. That's right. And I wanted to let you and your listeners know that I've started our podcast about our journey through missions with Mission Aviation Fellowship Learning Technologies. You can find the show at www.ontheroads.org slash podcast. That's www.ontheroads.org slash podcast. And roads is R-H-O-A-D-S. So it's O-N-T-H-E-R-H-O-A-D-S dot org slash podcast. Thanks a lot. Happy New Year. Thank you, Brad. And uh, yeah, check out the show. I will have a link to that on the show notes page as well. And here's one from my friend, Carmen.
2: Hi, this is Carmen Tyler. You probably know me as a musician and podcaster of the Carmen Cast, But what you may not know is I'm also a voice teacher or singing teacher. Well, since I moved to California, I've been doing webcam lessons for my students in Texas and Arkansas, and I've had a lot of positive feedback. Well, now I want to bring that to the podcast listeners. If you've ever wanted to learn to sing or would like to simply have a vocal tune-up, just stop by my studio site to find out what you need to have a webcam lesson. Oh, and mention that you heard about me here on this podcast, and you'll get $5 off your first lesson of one hour. It could be a really great gift for someone. So stop by studio.carmentyler.com. That's r.com.
0: I'm kind of getting into this music. All right, so do that. Here's the deal. Carmen's um, moved out here uh, in 2007 to the Southern California area to pursue her dream of acting. And uh, she's actually even gotten some gigs on some TV shows and some stuff like that. But, uh, boy, this writer's strike is just, uh, man, bringing uh, a real crimp into her acting. And so she's needing to, uh, you know, diversify in terms of income. So if you are a singer, if you know a singer, if you need a, a vocal tune-up, check that out. Uh, again, I'll have the link uh, on the show notes page. But uh, Carmen, most of you have heard, is a beautiful singer. So she has a thing or two to say about how to sing better. Now, here is the call that I got in on the comment line just before Christmas that just really made my month. And so take a listen to Dawn.
3: Hello, Steve. Merry Christmas. This is Don Berry, one of your friends on MySpace and a subscriber of LifeSpring from Ontario, Canada, not Ontario, California. Just wanted to call in and say hello, and uh, I wish you and your family all the best for a happy, healthy, prosperous Christmas and New Year, 2008.
0: Thank you, Don. You too.
3: I wanted to recap some things for you. I've Subscribe to the original Life Spring show.
0: Good. And
3: also the Family Bible, Hymn Stories, the Weekend Music Show, and the Advent Calendar Show.
0: Fantastic. It was
3: in October 2006 that I bought an iPod. And two months later, I discovered Life Spring. And I began listening to the Advent Calendar and then discovered the original Life Spring podcast. It's really been instrumental in helping me in my faith journey. I hadn't been practicing Christian faith very long, and and the last year has helped me to grow in faith. How cool is that? It's helped me get through a lot of difficult times, and and uh, it was a godsend, literally, to come across Lifespring because I was going through a trial, and I'm getting out of it. And I know that by listening to your shows and by reading along scripture and and living the kind of life that God wants us to live and to have, it helps me put things into perspective and has brought more peace in my life and helped me to enjoy life again and to keep living for Christ. That's what it's all about. I just want to thank you, Steve, because I believe that you've played a role in my journey. So I want to thank you for that.
0: Now you know why this call made my month, huh? Isn't that great? just makes me want to cry to, to hear this. Thank you so much, Don, for sending this in.
3: And I listened to your show today on the Bible cast, and I think that's a wonderful idea to post the readings on Google's calendar. And I'll find a way to do that and get that set up. Take care, and God bless, and see you in cyberspace.
0: All right. Yes, Don, we'll see you again on MySpace or Facebook, all the different places that we hang out together sometimes. Uh, again, thank you, Don. And yeah, um, Listener Davey has uh, created uh, some functionality over there at Google for us. If you're a Google Calendar user, um, search the public calendars, and you and search for LifeSpring Family Bible, and you can have that added to your own Google Calendar. And every day, starting January 10th, uh, there will be a new um episode of the Lifespring Family Bible. Now, this year they are reruns of last year, but if you didn't get in on it last year, now's a great time to start it up. Or if you started uh, you know, sometime during the year, you can go back to the beginning of the calendar starting on uh, January 10th of this year, 2008. Also, Davey created a Google widget for your desktop for the Lifespring Family Bible, and you can search for that, add it to your desktop, and you'll have the Lifespring Family Bible on your desktop. So, Thank you, Davey, for that. I think everybody should stand up and give him a great applause. And this is a great way to get through the Bible in one year for yourself. So um, there you go. And there it is. That's how we're supposed to end this show. And thank you again for joining me today. Thank you for hanging in there and giving me a, a chance to breathe and uh, get some rest. At the end of uh, 2007, the beginning of 2008, you will be seeing more shows of uh, the other shows in the Lifespring family. I look back and I only did 40 LifeSpring shows last year, and uh, I'll be doing more of them this year. It'll be more on a weekly basis. And uh, so uh, I guess that's it. Thanks for listening. I'm Steve Webb. I'll see you next time. May God bless you richly. Thanks for being a part of the family. The best and the brightest served
1: up daily by the sharpest minds in content delivery, pod show, and
2: limelight.